Welcome to the New Vision Church podcast. New Vision Church is a diverse, Bible-teaching, Jesus-centered church in San Diego, California, and exists to transform people and their communities by replicating followers of the biblical Jesus. Thanks for joining us today. Now here's this week's sermon. Just as a reminder of what you just heard, if you have not signed up for the baptism and you're a believer in Jesus Christ and have not been baptized yet, I encourage you to afterwards see Maryland. She'll be at the Welcome Center. Sign up. It's going to be a great day. Come and encourage. If you have been baptized, come to the service so we can celebrate our brothers and sisters who are physically showing their love for God right in front of our eyes. We want to celebrate that. We want to acknowledge that. And then also, as you saw for the Encanto campus, we're launching a whole new campus on Sundays now. We're moving from Friday to Sunday, and we're looking for a core team that wants to get their hands dirty, that really wants to start from the grassroots and really try to build something awesome in the community can. So if God's put that on your heart, if God's put that neighborhood in your heart, I want you to pray about it, and I want you to go to the information meeting. Just kind of hear what they have to say, hear the heart, hear the vision, pray, and see what God has in store for you. Amen? Amen. All right. So the, the title of this sermon is called Acquiring New, Purp- or Acquiring New Purpose, but I'm a work in progress, okay? So I want everybody to just repeat with me. I, I want us to get in the mind state, kind of get ready. I want you to say, I am a work in progress. I am a work in progress. Just striving towards the goal. That, that's us as Christians right there. That, that, that sums up. We are a work in progress, but always striving towards the goal, and that is Jesus Christ. So there was this guy I know. He, he just really, he always wanted to climb up the ladder. I mean, he had great dreams and ambitions, and, and he just wanted to go on the ladder. He wanted to climb the corporate ladder. He wanted to be on top, and he would get there and, and Whatever means necessary, he was on his way. No matter if people got in his way, he's stepping over people, people pushing aside. He, he didn't have time for church because he had to work on Sundays. Oh, family, but he was career-minded, and he's just going, climbing up this ladder. That was his purpose, only to finally get on top and realize that he was leaning on the wrong building. That building was not eternal. Six months later, he had a heart attack and died. Did not know Jesus Christ. What good was that purpose that he had? If it was just going to crumble anyways. Didn't have a foundation. It wasn't everlasting. You know, Paul, the Apostle Paul, who we've been kind of reading, um, who is the writer, and he's writing to the Philippians, Paul also at once was leaning on the wrong building. He had a different purpose. He was a Pharisee of Pharisees, and he used to persecute Christians. And then one day, Jesus came and rocked his world, and everything changed. He went from having the wrong goals, the wrong ambitions, just like us at one point, right? We had the wrong goals, the wrong ambitions, the wrong frame of mind, and then all of a sudden, Jesus came, and all of a sudden, we can see clearly now. And we had to acquire a new purpose. Well, actually, it wasn't really a new purpose. You see, because God has given us a purpose before we were even born. It's just new to us because now we're starting to live it. So we got to learn some new things. We got to learn some new disciplines so that we can get our focus right and start being the people that God has called us to do and get to where God calls us to go. 
because we're just a work in progress. Just striving towards the goal. So tonight we're going to glean off Paul a little bit. And the, the passage that we're going to be looking at overall is in the book of Philippians. It's in chapter 3. So go ahead and turn to chapter 3. We're going to be looking at verse 12 through 16 tonight. We're going to go over. We're going to camp in there. So go ahead and turn your Bibles to there. And once you get there, please say amen. Amen. All right. All right. Here we go. So let's pray. Lord, I just thank you so much just for the opportunity just to gather around and to, and to fellowship and to worship and to, to hear what your word says for us tonight, Lord. Thank you for giving us this purpose. Thank you for giving us this goal. Thank you for being our God, Lord, because nothing else would matter if it wasn't for you, because you're all that matters. In Jesus' name, we all said, amen, amen. amen. So I'm going to read the whole thing first. Not that I have already obtained this or am already perfect, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead. I press on towards the goal for the price of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Let those of us who are mature think this way. And if in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal that also to you. Only let us hold true to what we have obtained. So as we, as we dig this, Paul's writing to the, the church in Philippi. And Paul has been through some stuff. He, he's been going down the wrong purpose. He's learned lessons in the past. And so now he's trying to share it with this church on what they're going through. And in verse 12, it says, not that I have already obtained this or I'm already perfect. Number one, if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down because this is a common mistake that a lot of us Christians could have. Ready? You have not already arrived. Sometimes as Christians, yes, us Christians can think we've already made it. We've already arrived. Oh, man, I, I, I ain't got to go to church. I got God living inside me. I am the church. <laughs> or, or, or maybe we don't have to try to get better because, well, we've already figured this stuff out yet. We've been to Awana. We read the book of John three years ago. We know what's going on. Jesus is our Lord. But we haven't arrived yet. And like Paul says, I am not perfect. And it's good to know a little culture history, a little context of what Paul is talking about. There was this heresy going on at the time that people thought that the second coming here already came. And then now people were living, some people were actually perfect. And Paul is saying firsthandedly that that's not true. That he is not perfect. The resurrection has not, or the, the second resurrection has not came yet. Because that's when we get glorified. That's when we're at perfection. Until then, we are a work in progress. And Paul's saying, I still struggle. Paul still struggled with sin. Paul still struggled in this fallen world just like us. He was a human being. Now, I, I know like when we look at Apostle Paul, right? We, we, we see the Apostle Paul and we're like, man, this guy right here, he hadn't arrived yet. I mean, this guy, over a third of the New Testament is either written by him or about him. 
And if this guy is not perfect, I mean, this guy? Well, what do I have? I mean, how could I be used by God if this guy wasn't perfect? Well, guess what? News flash for you. God uses unperfect people. Yes. Look at all the Bible. Moses had a speech impediment. He didn't want to speak. Elijah was fearful, was scared. He was depressed. Peter, Peter was a hard-headed. He chopped some guy's ear off. Paul said he was the worst of the worst. Which to us, some of us in this room, if you look back at your life 10 years ago, you would never think God would have did what he did in your life. Some of you even six months ago. And some of you might not have seen it yet, but just wait, hold on. Because God's got news for you too. You know, verse, as it continues in the second half, he, he, he makes a point here. He said, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus made me his own. Now, you see there's this balance between God's call and the believer's response. There's a balance here. When he says make it his own, he's taking ownership in this relationship. Some of us as Christians, we got to remember to take ownership in our relationship with God. Jesus took ownership. He took all of it. Jesus took all the ownership when he was walking with the cross. It's time maybe us, we take ownership when it's time for our purpose in him. Let's take ownership in our Christian walk. Because like Paul, we're just a work in progress. Amen. Just striving towards the goal. Number two, you know, so everybody say number two. We have to be moving in the direction of our purpose. Or we have to be moving in the direction of our goal. In order to move in the direction, in order to go towards your purpose, first you got to see what it is. You got to know what your purpose is. Because if you don't know what your purpose is, how are you going to go to something you don't even know what it is? And then once you see it, you got to go in that direction. You can't go off to the right. You can't go off to the left. You can't go behind. You got to move forward in that direction. And it says in, in verse 13, but one thing, or excuse me, brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing, and here, here's a little side note. Whenever the Bible says one thing, he didn't say two or three or four or five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. One thing, it means it's something important. So we got to pay attention. You know, as Pastor P, he spoke to us about yesterday, the Bible does say one thing a lot. There was a point where Jesus told the young rich man, but there's one thing you lack. That was that one thing. Or, or when the person wanted healing, he said, there's one thing that you lack. It was their faith. And Paul is sharing, this is one thing that they really need to pay attention to. He says, one thing that I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead. Now, the biblical definition of forgetting 
It's not totally forgetting one's sinful past or one's past. But what it is, is it's leaving it behind. And guess what? Key word, and settled. Amen. Sometimes we can leave it behind our past, but it's not settled. And guess what happens? It comes right back up again to bite you one day because you didn't take care of it in the first place. Now, it's hard to be devoted to something, your purpose. It's hard to be devoted to something, your goal, and move forward if you're too busy focusing on what's behind you. It's hard, isn't it hard to move forward in life, anything you do. When you're so focused on the past, you can't really see the future or, the, or even today's task. Some of us were so focused on what happened yesterday, they were all boggled up and all messed up in the head. And today we came and do our responsibilities because what yesterday has us all messed up. And Paul had every reason to want to forget his past. If you read Acts and look at Stephen or all the things he did, all the families he threw in jail. And back in those times, you didn't just get out. He had every reason. A lot of us have every reason to forget our past, too. Some of us did some really messed up stuff. Some stuff we're not proud of. But we have to deal with it and settle it. It has to be put behind us. You see, when we dwell on our past, it actually hinders us. It really does. Just like if you don't want to deal with stuff later on, you don't address it later on in life. You're going to wonder why you do some of the things you do or not even knowing that you take things out on other people because some stuff that you never really dealt with and it overflows and you don't even know it. You know, this past stuff, I don't know if you can imagine this, but can you imagine this? Like if you were like a runner in a race, right? And you're like pressing, you know, you got the finish line, you got the goal, and you're running, you're going as fast as you can, but you keep on looking backwards. Instead of looking forward at the goal, you keep on looking backwards. What's that going to do? It's gonna, it don't even make sense, right? Like, I'm trying to go this way, but I'm looking back that way. Like, look where you're going. And that's what it does. It's like these weights. Our past can be like these weights if we don't deal with it that holds us down. And that's what he's saying as Christians. We sometimes we forgive other people, but sometimes we got to forgive ourselves. Hey, let me tell you something. I want you to listen to this, okay? This is, I'm very, very serious. Please, please, please listen to this. You cannot change the past. Amen. But you can change its meaning. Amen. Number three. Like Paul, we must be pressing on towards the prize. We must be pressing on towards the prize. Verse 14. I press on towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. The word goal in the original Greek referred to a finish line. Almost like a target, you know, when you're archering in the bullseye. It was something that you looked for, that you aimed and you strived for. And as a Christian, our goal is to do really three things. Matter of fact, if you're going to write anything down this whole sermon, write down these three things. Number one, our goal is to know Christ. Amen. We have to try to get to know him. As Christians, we can't just be living our Christian life. We can't even just serve. We can't even do none of that stuff unless we actually try to get to know a person that we're having a relationship 
husband's wife, if you don't try to get to know your spouse, what kind of relationship is that? Number two that we have to do is we have to try to be like Christ. We have to actually read this Bible and not just read it, but we actually have to read it and try to do what it says. We have to try to make some changes. We have to conform to it. We can't just read and say, okay, I like this, but yeah, that's not going to apply to me today. We have to really, really try to be more. That's what Christian means. It means little Christ. We have to be more like him every single day. So we have to know Christ. We have to be like Christ. And then lastly, this is our goal as Christians. We have to be all that Christ has in mind for us. Live worthy of the call that's in Christ Jesus. Live worthy of your salvation that he has gave you. He didn't die on the cross for you to keep on living the way you've been living. He died on the cross so you can start living a new purpose in him. That's what it's all about. Forget the rest of the sermon. That's what it's all about. And that was Paul's constant aim. That was his prize. You know, Paul likes imagery. And, and, and back then, they had a lot of, you know, the Greek games. You guys seen the Olympics? Some of you guys are watching the Olympics now. I don't. I don't like it. But some people like it. <laughs> and, and, and he gives this imagery of an athlete. And when they would get their prize, it was like this wreath. Or they didn't even get a cash prize. But what Paul is talking about is a totally different prize. When Paul says... The upward prize, or some translations say the heavenly prize that's in Christ Jesus. He's giving this imagery of just like they have the podium. Remember when we went to the racetrack and you have like the bronze or third place, you have the silver or second place, and then you have gold on. But they call you up. It's like God calling us up to the podium so he can give us the prize. But the prize is not a medal. The prize is the heavenly call. The prize is if we do those three goals and we try to know Christ, when we try to, to be like Christ and we try to be all that Christ has in store for us, that's what our prize is. Sean, you made it. It's time to come home. Well done, good and faithful servant. That's our prize. Why is heaven our prize? Because that's where Jesus is. Jesus is our prize. Jesus is our purpose. He is our everything. Nothing else matters. He is the blessing. Even if you don't get what you're praying for, you got Jesus. Even if you're sitting there and everything's falling apart, you got Jesus. Even if you die and your family is here on earth, you have Jesus. That's what it's all about. Because Christ has to be enough for us. Ask yourself, is Christ enough for you? This is what absorbed all of his energy. Paul didn't have time for nothing else. He had time. It wasn't about Jesus. It wasn't about Paul. He couldn't afford any distractions in his life. He couldn't afford anything that was taken away from God. It was basically like this. Is this leading me towards the gospel? Is this leading me to further the kingdom? Is this leading me towards Jesus? Okay, I'm going to do that. Is this taking me away from God? Is this taking me away from the kingdom? Is this taking me away from Jesus? I can't, I can't deal with that. And just like an athlete, when an athlete is training for a championship or to win his prize, he has to be disciplined, right? 
Just like as Christians, we have to be disciplined. The athletes, they're disciplined physically, emotionally. We got to do that too. But one thing as a Christian that we definitely have to do is we have to be disciplined spiritually. Amen. How are you going to go outside in the world with all the chaos and all the attack without reading your Bible in the morning? Mm. Without having a meeting with God first, saying, God, I'm here. What do you want me to do? We have to be disciplined. We have to stay focused. We have to be in our lane. The things that distract us to the, life, the left or the right or behind us, we have to let that stuff go. What's distracting you in your life right now? Is there anything in your life that's distracting you away from God, that's distracting you away from your purpose in Christ? But as Christians, our discipline keeps us a work in progress. Let me tell you something, though. You can't say you're a work in progress if there's no progress. So many times I hear people, Pastor, I'm a work in progress. But you're not going nowhere. You're not moving forward. You have to have progress. You have to actually be striving towards the goal. Otherwise, like Julie just said, you're just stuck behind. Watching the world go by. Number four. The discipline of maturity. The discipline of maturity. First part of verse 15 says, let those of us who are mature, okay, mature actually literally means perfect. So you see, it's this like kind of wordplay here. He says, let those who are mature think this way. You know, the more we become closer to perfect, the more we just realize how far we are away from it. The more mature we are, the more we realize how far we have to go. It reminds me of when I was a teenager or in my early 20s. And I thought I had it all figured out. <laughs> Don't you guys wish sometimes you can go back to, to them and you know what you know now and things would be different? Yeah. Can I get an amen? amen. <laughs> but, it's <laughs> but it's a reminder. We're called to be perfect in place. What does that mean? How do you be perfect in place? We're not perfect. Yara has ever seen a baby, right? I have a, my, my son turns one on Tuesday. Crazy, huh? Miracle baby. My son turns one on Tuesday. And, and, and when he was first born, I'm like, oh, he's perfect, right? You look at a baby, he's perfect. But he still has to learn how to walk, how to talk. Can't wait till he learns how to change his diaper. If y'all have young kids, you know what I'm talking about. He likes to... But it's a reminder of us that even though we are perfect as God's masterpiece in terms of that, what God sees in us because of Christ's righteousness and we are his kids. And just like us, our kids are perfect even though they are far from it. It's a reminder that we still got work to do. That we can't just be complacent to where we're at in our walk. We can't just sit there and think, oh, I got this all figured out. 
every day, every week, we got to try to be a little bit better than we went the week before. When we go to church, we can't just go to church to sit there as a social club and hear a, a sermon. No, no, we got to take that information. That's the huddle, right? And then we see, okay, this is my week. Okay, this is, the Holy Spirit told me this is where I need work on. Okay, I got to use that. I got to work on that. Okay, this week, this is what I'm going to do. And you actually strive for that. And then you're going to see some results. And then next week, you're going to be a little bit better than you were. You still won't be there yet because none of us will be there until the day we go with Christ Jesus. But will be a little bit better. We'll be that work in progress. Yes, yes. Just striving towards the goal. Glory to glory. Come on. You know, verse 15b, he says, and if anything, if you think otherwise, God will reveal that to you also. You know, one of the jobs of the Holy Spirit is to convict us. Is to tell us our faults. When we're doing something wrong, it's that voice says, no, 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 you shouldn't be doing that. You guys know what I'm talking about. It's that voice and it tells us, and our job is to listen to that voice and obey what it says. And while we do that, we are progressing. And all through this, we can see Paul's progression in the gospel. Not just from his own life, but what he's showing others. He's showing them how to listen. You read the Bible. God speaks to you through his word and his Holy Spirit. You take that information. You absorb it. You meditate on that day. You work on it. And things change in your life. I've never met anybody who read the Bible for one year that did all the stuff that it told him to do and life wasn't totally different a flip upside down one year later than it was when he first started never then why did 82% of Christians who go to church every single Sunday not read their Bible every day that's actually a fact off Lifeway verse 16 only, <laughs> only let us hold true to what we have obtained. Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, we are responsible. Yes. We are responsible for living out what we have already learned. Wherever you're at in your walk, you are responsible for living out the truth that has been given to you. If you do not, you will be held accountable. There is a day. And just like Pastor Nathan said, only God knows the hair on our head. He only knows when our day is up. That's right. And some of us think, oh, we have forever. You know, I can go ahead. Let me clean up my life first and then I'll come to Jesus. No, 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 no. You don't know when that could be. That could be tomorrow. That could be as soon as you leave in the parking lot on your way home. Come to Jesus right now and let God clean him up. Let him take care of your life. Let him fix your life because he can do it way better than you ever could. But it is our responsibility to do that. Maturity is acting on the guidance that is already received. It doesn't, it's the same spiritually as it is with anything psychologically when you're growing up. Some people are 82 years old still acting like they're 19 years old because they haven't acted on the guidance they received. They made mistakes. They didn't learn from them. They kept doing the same old thing. 
people in their life tried to pour into them. Hey, I, I think you should work on this. They were like, I don't think I should. And guess what? Nothing ever changed but the date. So, I want to leave you with these five things, these takeaways. And then I have a, I want to do an illustration real fast just to kind of take it home. So these five things, it's the five Ds. I'm going to put it on the screen real fast, please. Thank you. The first one is dissatisfaction. We have to know that as Christians, we got some work to do. We can't just leave here and think we've got it all figured out. That we can just go on our life just the way we've always done it. No, no, no. There has to be some work. We have to see what that is and we have to do it. The second D, devotion. We have to know what our prize is. We have to know what is our goal, what is our purpose. And that's Jesus. Three, direction. Once we find out what our purpose is, we have to move forward and not backwards. We have to stay on track. It means we got to practice some disciplines. Might be uncomfortable first, but keep on doing it. It becomes second nature. Fourth D is determination. You got to stay focused. Got to stay away from all the distractions in life that are pulling you away from God and start focusing on the things that are leading you towards God. And the last one is discipline. You have to practice what you have already learned. If all you know is to be kind to one another, start being kind to one another. And stop being mean to each other. Amen? Amen. Go with what you know. Because God's got something amazing for you. Something that you don't even know. Matter of fact, finish off with this. You see, all of us in life, we start off as a blank canvas when we're born, right? But God's got a purpose. God's like a painter. He's, a, he's an artist. He's working in our lives even when we don't know it. And what we are to him is a work in progress, striving to the goal that ends up being his masterpiece. Now, you might have some things in your life, and yeah, that's not me. That's not me, Pastor. I'm, I'm not a masterpiece. Yes, you are. God does not make mistakes. Those things in your life, he put there for a reason. And he's just working on you. He's painting this perfect picture and painting it and painting it and painting it. And, 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 and sometimes you're like, man, this is taking too long. Because when you first start painting, I don't know if you guys ever painted before. It's not the same. It's not the finished project. Project, he's just a work in progress and he's painting. And you're looking like, oh, I'm never going to get to where I need to be. It's too hard. But God's just working on you. Because you're just a work in progress. Striving towards the goal. And sometimes we want to do what we want to do instead of what God wants us to do. And we try to take God's hand and move it for him. And we go outside the lines. We go out of bounds. But God just paints over those sins in our life. Because he's just working on his masterpiece. And he has this purpose that he's been planning before we were even born, before we were in the womb, before creation. He's thought about us. 
and he knew the plans that he had for us, and he keeps painting. And then sometimes we get so frustrated because we don't get what we want. Doesn't bother God. Because guess what? He's just working. He's just working. Because the whole time we were a work in progress, the whole time when he thought about us, the whole time when he thought about the purpose that he had for our life, what he wants for you, the things that he has called and desired for you, when he thought about you, he thought about one thing. The cross. Because he loved you so much. He had a purpose for you, you and me. That he was painting this picture of you. He was thinking about this. Because none of this would have mattered unless he first did this. So wherever you're at right now, whether you're closer to that blank page or maybe you're a little bit, you know, abstract, a little bit everywhere, or maybe you're just way out the lines, don't worry. Do those things and let God keep working on you. Because he has a purpose for your life a new purpose just for you. All you got to do is say, I want it and move towards, towards that direction, which is him. Amen? Let us pray. Dear Lord, thank you so much for dying on the cross for our sins. Thank you for loving us when we were unlovable, when, when we were a mess You were just being patiently working and painting your picture. The author of our lives, knowing what was going to happen, knowing the future that you had called us to do, even when we thought it was impossible, you had already written it in your book. So Lord, I pray that everyone in here decides tonight in their heart that they are going to move forward towards the goal that they are going to press forward to you, that they are going to try to be a little bit better than what they were yesterday or last week. And when they leave here, it's not going to be the same, that this is a new day in your life. And Lord, I just pray that you bless them and that you keep them focused and disciplined so they just follow you. We love you and we thank you. In your precious son's name, Jesus, we say amen. God bless you guys. Thanks again for joining us. Contact us or learn more at our website, newvision.city. See you next time.